I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today we watched the first two Bosco the Talk Inc. Kid shorts. The first one wasn't released publicly. It was used to sell the series. The second one was the first released Bosco short and also, therefore, the first Looney Tunes short. An ignoble beginning for the series. Uh, yeah. Who wants to do a brief spoiler-free plot synopsis of these? I'll do it. <laughs> Yay. Uh, the first one, the a guy draws a character on a sheet um, and then they talk some and then the character plays the piano and his head like is on a spring and then he gets sucked up and put back into the inkwell. It's like a racist version of out of the inkwell. Yes. 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 Yeah. Uh, the second one. Bosco is taking a sh- is having a shower. Then he goes to see his girlfriend, who I don't know the name of. I didn't write it down, and I don't care. Um, and they smooch at each other, and like he plays some music, and then they go on a drive, and then there's some obstacles during their drive, and, and then it's over. I don't know what to tell <laughs> you. That's the, that's the gist of that. Um, what did we think of these shorts, guys? Would we recommend either no. of these? <laughs> No. What? <laughs> Babe, how did you feel about these? They're really racist. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the thing about Bosco the Talking Kid is that he's literally just a racist caricature of a black boy. And uh, so is his, his girlfriend is likewise a racist caricature of a, a black girl. So um, Her name's Honey. Honey, that's it. And I totally forgot about them being in Tiny Toon Adventures. They are in Tiny Toon Adventures. Their design gets tweaked a little bit. Yeah. They're made into dogs, I believe. Yeah, oh, they're made they into are dogs. Much cuter here. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. the The Tiny Toons Adventures, Tiny Toon Adventures version is uh, different. <laughs> they're like, uh, yeah, this isn't really them though. <laughs> yeah. To me, there was enough creative things that you could have just done completely without the racist and the caricatures because I've never seen. Sorry, the first one was, like you said, a copy of the Out of the Inkwell. There was nothing yeah. really new about that. But then the one that was the first one you said was the Looney Tunes. I found it interesting, all the personification of, like, the bathtub and the cars and all of that. And that was cute. And I haven't seen that done before. So why wasn't that just focused on? For for that matter, it could have you could have had a character of a bathtub and a car. I don't know. But you didn't need the racist caricatures, yeah. Unfortunately, he is Looney Tunes star for like three or four years. So he, he, was, he was the original Looney Tune, guys. This is how that series started. They don't like to talk about this is how that, that this is how it started, but this is how it started. It's so terrible because you can cover up so much with black and white. You don't have to make it about race. So why did you have the voice? Why did you have to... <sighs> the voice is something that shifts as the shorts go on. Uh, right now, it's it's obviously a white guy doing uh, his idea of what a black uh, dialect is. And so it's obviously hugely racist. Later, he basically has like a Mickey voice, like a high falsetto kind of thing, which is at least easier to listen to. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk some specifics about the first one, Bosco the Talking Kid. I specifically have some some 
uh, more interesting than the short things to say about its creation and, and the creation of Looney Tunes. As we might remember on previous shorts episodes, in 1928, Walt Disney lost control of his Oswald the Lucky Rabbit cartoon series because uh, producer Charles Mintz hired away several of his animators to continue producing Oswald cartoons for Universal Studios. The animators that he took included Hugh Harmon, Rudolph Ising, Isidore Fritz Freeling, Carmen Max Maxwell, Norm Blackburn, Paul Smith, and Roland Ham Hamilton. And if you are the sort of nerd who cares a lot about um, Looney Tunes and who animated them and who directed them, a lot of those names are noteworthy. The Mintz Oswald shorts were not as successful as they wanted them to be and as as the Disney ones had been. And so in 1929, Universal chose to directly produce the series, establishing its own in-house cartoon studio headed by Walter Lance, leaving Mintz's animators out of work. The unemployed animators, led by Harming and Ising, decided to produce their own cartoons and made Bosco the Talking Kid as a demonstration to show to distributors, using a character the two cartoonists had created and copyrighted in 1927-28 while still working with Disney. Harmon and Ising shopped for distributor, but were turned down by both Paramount Pictures and Universal. Leon Schlesinger, head of Pacific Title and Art Studio, took an interest in Bosco and used his connections with Warner Brothers to get a distribution deal for a cartoon series. Even if it sucks to watch, this cartoon did pioneer the pre-sync technique, now standard in American animation, as Harmon and Ising understood the shortcomings of recording the sound after the animation in relation to dialogue. So for both of these shorts, the sound was all recorded before they animated it, and then they animated it to so that the lip syncs actually matched really well and they didn't have to try to have a performance that matched it. Uh, this cartoon set harmonizing apart from early Disney sound cartoons because it emphasized not music, but dialogue, which is definitely a thing that will increasingly be true of the Looney Tunes series is, is that it becomes more well-known for its dialogue than the artistry with which it's made or the music music of it or anything like that yeah do you guys have any other things that we want to mention about this first one we can mention that it starts off racist with like this caricature of a black boy who's being voiced by definitely a white person uh who then does a little dance as a jewish stereotype so it's like oh oh cool you wanted to add another thing on here to just really Make it great. Make it real good. He also calls him boss. and He sure uh, does. Uh, yeah, I think you summed it up with a, a more racist out of the inkwell. Like, the structure wasn't new for us seeing all those out of the inkwell. And therefore it wasn't new for audiences. <laughs> yeah, and thinking about it as like, oh, what would make you want to distribute this? Yeah, I don't blame Paramount and Universal for turning it down. Yeah. Yeah, I think the like... The coil thing on the neck or the spring thing, like, I think that looked good, but that was just a piece of it. Otherwise, like, there wasn't much interesting about it. Yeah, like, the second one that we watched would have, I think, worked a lot better, even though obviously it's way more expensive to create as an actual selling of the series. Like, 
it still has a lot of flaws and like isn't nearly as good as things other studios are putting out at the time. But I can see why someone would see potential in the second one, whereas it's kind of hard to see what Schlesinger saw in this short beyond racist jokes sure are funny. So <sighs> maybe the thinking, the sound thinking. Yeah, that's the only other thing that seems noteworthy. Yeah. But I don't see why, I, I just will never get why you would look at that character and then the horrible... Because they thought that stuff was funny back <sighs> yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. Then because the... minstrelsy was like real big. Mm. Yeah, they thought that stuff was hilarious. They being white people who were the ones inevitably in charge because they control everything. Um, yeah, it's because they thought it was funny. It's because they genuinely didn't see anything wrong with it. And in fact, thought it was funny because of it being exactly the way it was. Goodness. Let's talk about sinking in the bathtub. The second one, which is also the very first official Looney Tune short. This is how that series starts. Um, the name of the Looney Tunes series bears an obvious debt to the Walt Disney Animation Studios' Silly Symphony series, which began in 1929, a year before this short uh, came out. Steve Schneider writes that this immediately reveals Harmon and Ising's belief that the only way to compete or even to survive in the cartoon trade was to cleave to the Disney version, which is very much a thing that that the Looney Tunes and Merry Melody series cling to for like at least half, if not more of the thirties um, is they basically just ape the general sensibility of Disney cartoons because they don't seem to have a lot of other ideas to put into it. And it takes people like Tex Avery coming in to really start lending the Looney Tunes, their edge that makes them what they're remembered as now. But the early Looney Tunes stuff is, is it's basically like this or even more boring than this, uh, whether or not it has the racism. Eventually they have other protagonists and stuff, but it's still just as uninteresting. Notably, this is the only publicly released Bosco short to feature Bosco's original blackface dialect provided by animator Carmen Maxwell. He would later adopt a more falsetto voice for later films. So he later did more of the Mickey Mouse kind of thing, mm -hmm. uh, which didn't help with um, the derivativeness, but certainly will makes uh, listening to Bosco easier to tolerate. All of the songs that were in here um, were recently popular numbers in the Warner Brothers catalog, which added a cross-promotional aspect. And this is something that would come to define the second series, Merry Melodies. A lot of people just say Looney Tunes and think of it as one series, but there was similar to the Mickey cartoons and the Silly Symphonies, there ends up being Looney Tunes and eventually Merry Melodies. And the whole idea of the Merry Melodies is to really lean into using the popular songs that Warner Brothers has in their catalog as the basis of the short. So it's it's interesting to see that even though this isn't the Merry Melodies series, this first Looney Tune is, is leaning into what Warner Brothers can provide them. And then finally, some of the animation by Hugh Harmon and Rudy Ising was lifted from some of the Oswald the Lucky Rabbit cartoons that they made a couple of years earlier. So some of it's just to retrace stuff, which, I mean, is is fair with your very first thing where you're just trying to get this series out the gate. And no one probably remembers most of those Oswald cartoons anyways, because the only ones that anyone looks back on today are the Disney ones. But yeah, that's 
my notes for this. Do you guys have any anything you want to talk about with this short? It was certainly easier to watch than the first one, even if it, you know, is still marred by the fact that the main characters are blackface caricatures. It's it's funny that you bring up that the music was popular stuff from the catalog, because watching it, I'm like, oh yeah, those kind of old tunes. They yeah. might have, like, picked some classic, like, songs or whatever, and it's like, oh no, those are contemporary to the time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's the sort of stuff people were actually listening to them. The one, uh, the one that is used that I most recognize is the Tiptoe Through the Tulips. I think that Disney uses that at some oh, point, too, actually. Okay. okay, yeah. I also heard, oh, what is, I can't think of the name of it, but it's common when you walk down the aisle. Oh, no. Pomp and Circumstance. Yeah, Pomp and Circumstance. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I will say, I did enjoy the integration of music. I don't remember, and maybe I have seen in other things, but I really liked how the different animation, or like the bathtub, or the car, or the uh, the girl, what would you Honey. say? Honey. Honey. Coming out the window, dancing on the bubbles, was all in tune to the music, and it was all integrated. I, th- I enjoyed that. Yeah, I think it shows the strength of recording the sound first and then animating to that. Like, Steamboat Willie was really good for its time, but, like, watching it now you can kind of feel how sometimes the beat is slightly off Mm -hmm. because it's a thing that was fully animated that then they perform to, to try to match the animation. And that's just inherently harder to make sure it syncs. So, so yeah. And I am pretty sure that Disney starts using this technique soon too, if not already by the time that these cartoons are really getting underway. But yeah, it definitely shows the strength of that technique because you can sync them a lot more perfectly than you can otherwise. Yeah, and and that made it really enjoyable. And again, it's not something that I have seen in these shorts. So in that sense, too, it was really, it was a novelty. I also found it interesting, the personification, well, not that there isn't personification with the animals and all that in, in all of these shorts, sure. but with the bathtub. And in fact, to the extreme, <laughs> it just... Crack me up because instead of showing Bosco who had gotten out of the tub, this the bathtub does this elaborate dance, not only grabbing the towel and kind of having that do something, but with the toilet paper and 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 tearing off and tossing it like you would flowers or something, I guess, as you're walking, I don't know, down the aisle or whatever. It was so funny. Some of the animation on the tub reminds me of like animation today the kind of like a minimalist like yeah fluid yeah i don't know it was it it was was interesting it was so funny and then with the car and then i also you know how we talked about different things like if if they if they make something flat or they all the different things it wasn't it wasn't like ooh yuck because again they were inanimate you know objects you know the cars and and whatever and and it was cute because not they would show the faces but they didn't make them I don't know, seemed to feel, you know. I mean, for one, the faces weren't even always there. They right. would appear when it was relevant, basically. Right. So in that sense, you know, it, it wasn't like, oh, poor car when it would get flattened and, and the different yeah. things. But it was it was also interesting how Bosco and, and um, Honey kept interacting or doing things like, again, the car. It reminded me of like a... I don't know, a swimming pool and you deflate it or whatever. It kept like inflating, deflating, just taking different shapes. It was, it was interesting. Yeah. What you said earlier about the um, music integration, I, I agree. Not just it being on beat, but also the, 
the uh, things that they chose to animate, like having Mickey play the animals, but it was like a repeat of the same joke. But here they did a lot of different things with Honey dancing on the bubbles, the bathtub dancing. The steps that were like a xylophone. Yeah, Mm. like Mm -hmm. there was a lot of different things. I think it is worth noting that there is a slew of Mickey Mouse shorts that were made before this that in some cases did some similar things like like the uh, xylophone steps and stuff that we haven't watched because we're mostly watching these in chronological but I had us watch these two even though there's a lot of gap between the short that they made to sell the series and the first short in the series. Yeah. There's several 1929 uh, Mickey shorts and Silly Symphonies even series starts in 1929 after this Bosco short that they sold the series with, but before the one that actually came out. So it's not like this is the first one necessarily wholly bereft of like some fun little new takes, but it, it's not like it's wholly unique. It, it certainly sure. is. It's a derivative short, certainly. Even if it is is relatively enjoyable to watch, despite the things that are obviously not enjoyable about it. All right, all right. I guess besides that, there's not like you're you're not in love with the characters or anything like Mm-mm. that. No, <laughs> like I the mean main two. Even beyond them being blackface caricatures, there there's not a lot to them that this short shows. Like, there's not a lot of personality to glean here. And if anything, I think they cast them in somewhat of a negative light in that when they do different things, they're constantly laughing at someone, like whether it's laughing at, at the goat, you know, kind of just like, <laughs> you know, I don't know, like anyone that is in peril. And, and a lot of the times, again, it's like the car or different things that happen. So it's not like it's... But I want to say they did that at the goat. There was they the cow. The, oh, the cow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the cow. Thank you. They were mm-hmm. laughing at that they had finally... In fairness, the goat ate stuff that he didn't want him to eat and the cow wouldn't move despite them trying to get the cow to move. Right. And I'm, and I'm not, so I don't know, I guess just the fact that they're doing blackface and making fun. I just don't feel like they put these characters in the most flattering light, I guess is what I'm saying. So whether or not they're trying to, you know, I don't mean that they're trying to make them look evil or whatever, but I just mean, I just don't think they're being very flattering to those characters. Yeah. To, to build on that, I think in the beginning, whenever the goat eats the flowers and then Bosco just cries and cries, yeah. It's just like, oh, this character's over emotional, and like, mm-hmm. not that they hate the main characters, but they don't seem to care for them that much. Or mm-hmm. like, they consider the main characters to be laughable. Yeah, yeah. Also, it's worth pointing out that this uh, is the very first in a long-running series of uh, references that the Looney Tunes series likes to make uh, to that. Mammy joke where the the character looks at the screen and and says that and has their arms akimbo. Um, this they do it here and uh, they will keep doing it again and again. They think it's really funny. I know it's a reference to to some minstrel work that I don't care to actually look up and see what it's called. It doesn't really deserve it, but they sure thought it was funny because they love to reference it. And this they do it in the very first Looney Tunes. So, um. <laughs> We've kind of throughout this whole thing been talking about how this holds up. So I don't think we need to go specifically to that section. We've yeah. just been talking about it. Not well is, is I think, the, our consensus here. Yeah, I was going to say, if, if we've left any room for doubt in your mind, it did not hold up well. No, it's, at it's, all. it's not like 
there are unfortunate racist caricatures in here, but beneath that, there's like this golden shining, like really funny or interesting short. It's like, even if they weren't offensive, they're still not interesting. Like at, at the very most, the second short is like passable if you don't count the racism, which you sh- you should. So like that makes it not passable at all. It, it, yeah, there, there's nothing here that's really worth seeing beyond like, how did the Looney Tunes series start? And the answer is very, very racistly. And it makes it make a lot of sense that racism continues to be a very prominent issue throughout Looney Tunes, even once we get into the stuff that is generally considered good. Yeah. It's, like- it's not like Disney doesn't struggle with it too, but Looney Tunes, I think it's pretty safe to say, leans into it a lot more heavily. It's like foundational yeah. to its creation. Unfortunately so. Let's talk about favorites and least favorites. All right. Um, I don't think you have anything that's your favorite in the first short, so we can mostly just talk about the second one. Yeah, I think so. Um, there, yeah, there's nothing favorite in the first short. Yeah, the, the first short is so nothing that I don't see a lot of point in even talking about it. So what was your least favorite moment in the second short? Mammy. Yeah. Me. Yeah, agreed. I didn't like seeing that that yeah. originates here. What was your favorite moment? I'm going to say the bathtub because it was, yeah, because there, there wasn't the racism in that. And yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was funny and it was, it was, it was interesting. And I can, I'm sorry, the, the, just the, uh, Pina resistance or whatever that the piece thank you piece is is the toilet paper and then yeah. the bathtub flinging the toilet paper behind it's sheet good. by sheet it was just yeah, so silly really there's not character like there's one or two characters so I don't what are you gonna say if I ask who your least favorite character is like well they may do you want to count the top in the car are they yeah characters? I was gonna say so yeah, my favorite she's gonna say yeah. the favorite is, bathtub, is the bathtub and the least favorite is... the two main characters I guess they made Bosco like, yeah, yeah Bosco cause they made him someone you know yeah they just they didn't treat them well is the favorite the tub or the car tub. mine is the yeah, tub yeah I think the tub yeah, yeah. well yeah <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> Let's go on to our overall consensus and what we would rate it. Safe to say, none of us recommend these. (laughs) No. Uh, They're bad. Yeah. Even from a historical footnote, like, you're not going to glean a lot from it. No, I think think what you learn is kind of the foundations of... The foundational racism. Yeah, yeah. So, like, watching it not to enjoy it, but to be like, oh, okay. Like, this is is... to, like, kind of at the core of how this whole series starts. So it's no wonder that the series struggles so much with this. Yeah. They don't see it as struggling at the time, of course. Right, right. The people who made it thought this was funny. You chose to copyright this years ago and so this is what you're going with and these are the jokes that you're going with and so it is from the that historical point of view interesting to watch but like not in a like oh this is fun and enjoyable and not like in a it contributed very interesting things to the medium it contributed or or at least popularized the idea of syncing of doing the audio first but like you know someone else could have, would have figured that out <laughs> i don't know yeah yeah, don't don't recommend it, but watching it to understand where those people are coming from, those who created it, like what they thought was funny and worthwhile, that's that's a one reason to watch it. Rating wise, the the sinking was good, but but it wasn't again overall an enjoyable thing. 
for the first one being that it was just racist, not good, out of the inkwell. I guess I will go 0.25 for the second one. Just basically the lowest you can do. Because, like, saying a zero is, like, it doesn't exist. Like, I don't know. That's... Can you give it something a zero? Probably. But we'll we'll I, discuss that if we get there. I mean, on it, like, again, this is a... This is a curated thing that you're showing us. True. So there, I'm sure there are zeros out there, but we are not likely to see them. This is one of the worst shorts that I've ever seen, and, and I showed it to you guys, so I'm not going to do a lot worse than this. Yeah. For the second one, there were little little nice things, but greatly overshadowed by all the the not good things. I guess 0.75, if, if that's where we're at. Sure. No, I would agree. And I just realized, too, is one of the reasons that not only was the first one a 0.25, maybe I'll say 0.2, <laughs> I'm going to take off five. Because what really also bothered me, unlike Out of the Inkwell, is when he stabbed his hit the pants and then... <laughs> And then Bosco was yelling almost like he was in pain. Again, it didn't Some look like he was on Some of his butt was in there. I guess. And and so then he's screaming in pain as his he's His butt gonna... got speared, Mom. Did it? I don't, I don't I know. I don't know. But again, that's terrible. You're doing that to, you know, it, it was just so offensive and, and yucky. Ugh. Anyway, so I'm going to say point two on that. <laughs> Taking right. away five points. And then... Taking away 0.05 points. I know. That but. is true. That is true. Point zero. And then I would also say 0.75, which I almost hate to do because of it. But honestly, out of all the shorts we've seen, I really did enjoy the syncing with the, with the sound and yeah. the movement. And so, again, my favorite, I really love the bathtub, uh, her, whole, her, her whole thing. But then I also really enjoyed uh, Honey on the Bubbles uh, mm-hmm. and all of that sync. So, yeah, I'll say 0.75. Yeah, honestly, I agree. 0.25 for the first one, 0.75 for the second one. You might notice that neither of them can get a full point because they're bad. Yeah. (laughs) Don't watch them. Um, There are better. I mean, if you need to watch a Bosco short, there are better ones. Uh, We might end up watching one more at some point. Not immediately, um, but at most I could see us seeing one more Bosco short before we just move on and WB's shorts uh thank you all very much for listening thank you thank you next time we will be watching a short that is actually appropriate to our uh, halloween spookaboo Woohoo, spookaboo times. coming up you guys spookaboo, spookaboo. yeah spookaboo yay uh thank you all very much for listening thank, thank you bye bye this has been how's it hold up with danica juarez and jan james you can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H dot com. 
Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0. Thanks for listening!